0: Hey, this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And welcome to the God Life Culture Podcast. Yes,
1: welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are excited to get into uh, some new conversations today. Yeah. Uh, like always, there's always something to talk about. Um, and we just want to thank you for tuning in today to our episode. All of you who have subscribed to our podcast, make sure you do so if you have not um, already and um, so you can be alerted every time we drop a new podcast yeah and share
0: so, share the word also you know post it um, put it on your social media platform speak about it to your friends and your youth and your co-workers um, and just let them know that there's a podcast out there uh, that not only speaks about God but also speaks about current things that are happening in the world today
1: yeah and maybe next episode we can uh, shout out some of the places that um, oh yeah tune in um, yep, 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 you know we've used a different program now um that gives us a little bit more of the stats and all of that so um we can definitely uh see all of you out there who are listening mm. it gives us your name where you're listening from no i'm yeah. joking imagine social security uh, number. yeah all
0: that no but i think it's good too because now we're on more platforms as well yes where before we were only on um, soundcloud and soundcloud and now we're on all uh platforms where you can receive any type of podcasting
1: yeah so that's yeah. Always good. Yeah. Um, just recently, uh, Christine Declario, right? Yep. Um, we, many people know her, Spanish worshiper, uh, you know, famous for her song, Como Dijistes, and other songs like that, um, was at the White House. Yeah. She was invited um, as a guest of honor um, to the White House to worship God and sing the national anthem in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month in America. Um, She says the greatest privilege of my life is to be able to proclaim and lift up the name above all names, Jesus, in all places. It was also an immense honor to meet the leaders for whom we pray so much every day. And she says, blessed is the nation whose God is Jehovah. Mm. And, um, you know, there are images of her just worshiping God in the White House. It looks really cool. Um, And there are clips of her singing her famous song, Como Dijiste, worshiping in English and Spanish, Um, very acoustic, just, you know, guitar, very simple and singing the national anthem. So we're always talking about Christians, representing God, going out there and representing him well. And this is a moment I love when they're able to, for moments like this, Hispanic Heritage Month, reach out to people and someone like her, Mm -hmm. who I feel... um, has worked hard you yes. know we were talking about this before has worked hard has kind of paved her own way and um to see her in this way on this platform invited to the white house mm-hmm. um it's something that we should be proud of our community
0: yeah and not only as latinos but also as christians you know yeah. they could have picked anybody to do this you know as long as they yep. were hispanic they fit the bill for what that You know what that qualification was for Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, So I think it is, it does speak its volumes that they not only picked her because she's a Latina, but they also picked her as well for. You know her her talent you yeah know, she's really great and everywhere and she's someone that everywhere she goes she always represents christ um she's very open about her faith mm-hmm. um and she is also you know one of those great worshipers you know someone who um you can tell that through her worship it is authentic um and that it is her way of just bringing people into this uh, communion and connection uh, with the Lord. So I think it's good. And I it's think like we, it's we, awesome. we, You know, what we were speaking about earlier today is someone who has also worked hard for it. You know, she went from singing in local churches and doing concerts to little by little working her way up to singing at arenas and now singing at the White House as well. And through all of that, she has maintained who she is uh, through it, uh, which is great as well because we see people that start off good and, you know, obviously her career hasn't ended and things, God forbid, may change along the line. Uh, but from the looks of it, it looks projected to be like, she's gonna continue down this road of putting out great content, great music, um, but also things that are christ censored as well. So very that's a very proud moment for us Latinos uh, to be like, oh, look at her doing her thing, you know. Regardless of what your political beliefs are and everything, at the end of the day, she was on a platform uh, where she shared God um, and that what he says and his word um, is powerful and that he would complete it through her song, something like, Gomo so it's great. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, She, like you said,
1: wherever she is um, standing, her platform, wherever she's at, she's always representing God and takes that opportunity to worship him. And, um, you know, many times we can see people like this on this level, uh, whether it is they're singing at local churches, you may see someone that just goes to minister in different places or someone that goes to arenas and travels the world and um, you see them singing at the White House and it may seem like, wow, it's so beautiful, it's so great, but you really don't know people's stories. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what it took for them to get to that place. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight. It's a lot of work, a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears, like they say, um, and hours of time that you have to put in in order to see those type of results. Yeah. And like you said, results that last. Because it's not all about just um, a hit song one time or you know a cool worship song that came out and whatever, but it's also longevity.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the great things about Christine is her... Um uh, her transparency, you know, she's someone who shares her testimony who speaks about, you know, in her early stages and her struggles and, you know, her being judgmental and all this other stuff. And, you know, she speaks about the things that she had to go through in the areas in her life in which God had to work in her with. Um, and it goes to show us that you don't have to be perfect. You know, we all have our struggles. We all go through our things. Uh, but there is, the process does work. Yeah, it is effective. You know, you may start off at a certain place, but as long as you put in the work and you keep on going, you know, there's no telling it to where God can take you. And again,
1: it's our job to really pray for you know these people. We like their music and we enjoy their music and we're ministered to by them. It's our job to also lift them up in prayer. Um, at the top of this year, uh, she released a series of YouTube videos where she discussed um, her battle with postpartum depression. Yes. And her battle with uh, even experiencing uh, suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. And she goes into it, um, you know, how she could not believe that this was coming at her to taunt her and to haunt her, you know, uh, something that she has been, you know, declaring and fighting, you know, in through her worship and all of that is now coming and knocking on her door at one of the times in her life where she's supposed to experience the most joy and happiness. Yes. And um, she released a series of YouTube videos talking about this and talking about this postpartum depression and just encouraging women that they aren't alone, that, um, you know, in these things that they go through. But... But one, in watching these uh, episodes, it was like a four-part series um, that she did. Uh, You know, she gets emotional, she cries, um, and, you know, she goes through the whole process of, you know, the symptoms that she went through, what Mm -hmm. she experienced, but also how she got through it. And she explains it was through her worship, through her prayer, her relationship with people around her. And she's very clear in the fact that She needs to maintain that um, and be consistent in those things because it'll keep coming and keep knocking Mm -hmm. at different times in her life. And you'll think of her and you'll be like, you know, how can someone on that level... Mm -hmm. You know, who sings to thousands, who millions know her music and stream her music. How could she, you know, find herself in such a vulnerable state or find herself in, you know, a state where she's telling us about this and talking about her shame, talking about the guilt that she felt and how she blamed herself. Yeah. Right? And um, these were all things that she had to battle, which goes to show us that, you know, we see the victories sometimes. We see the good times. We see people singing at the White House. And oftentimes we won't see the struggle or we Mm -hmm. won't see what it took for them to get there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, these are topics and conversations that we have had already. Um, And every time we have these conversations, we try to emphasize Not only the importance of having them, but the importance of being someone who is aware if anyone around you is dealing with that. You know, whether it be postpartum depression or suicide or anxiety or, you know, uh, there's a a plethora of things. And, you know, there was this article that was put in USA Today. It was written by a man named Steve Austin, Um, and it was recently put in September. And the title was, I was a pastor when I nearly died by suicide and he's this article all came about um because of a pastor who did actually commit suicide on september 9th of this year he was a pastor of a very big church in yeah. california
1: he was actually a mental health advocate yes his name was jared wilson yes and um you know he died september 9th was it i
0: believe so yes Um,
1: and his wife was the one that kind of put out the report you know he died of suicide. On Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. He died of suicide and um, he was only
0: 30 years old. Yep. Almost 31. Yeah. And, you know, these are things that, you know, we've seen time and time again, you know, whether it be leaders or pastors or just people in general that, you know, they... A, they seem to have it all together, and then we've also had the situation of people that are transparent about not having it all together, um, which I think is his case as well. And there was a on one of our uh, podcast episodes from um, last year, we focused also on a pastor as well, who was someone who was who, who was in the middle of a series about this um, and committed suicide as well. Um, and it's just the. The, the unfortunate reality that these are things that people are struggling with. And because of the power of social media, um, we are seeing more and more of it. Um, you know, I think that there is, the, I mean, statistics do show that there is a rise in suicide in people between the ages of 10 and 34. Um, and I think that a lot of that has to do with our culture. A lot of yeah. that has to do with expectations put on young people. Um, but in, within the church, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that, um, we aren't well equipped to help people that are dealing with all these types of situations so uh, anxiety depression suicide um you know and one of the things that i've spoken about previously before and i mentioned and is mentioned also in this article is the idea of you know telling someone if someone sits down with you and goes on you know um Uh, you know, takes this leap of faith to open up to you about their situation. And the only response you have for them is I will pray for you. That's awesome. And this sounds really awesome. But there's more to that. And in our last episode, we spoke about the the uh, the understanding that there has to be a wisdom in how you speak to people and how you present God to people and how you, you know, um, you know, have conversations with individuals. And that's one of the things that our church has to continue to work on is the idea of if someone is coming up to you and is speaking to you in reference to their struggle and what they're going through or whatever, having the ability to... Put aside all the Christian lingo that we sometimes want to like hold on to so much because they're so easy for us to regurgitate um, and have a moment of true and authentic empathy and be like, you know, I may not understand what you're going through, but I hear you and I feel you. And, you know, I may not have the ability, I don't have the solution for you, but, you know, allow me to pray with you at this moment. But let's also seek some help.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, prayer and action. You know, we've spoken about this before where it's not enough to just pray sometimes, right? That's awesome, but it needs to be followed up with an action. Any move of God that we see, whether it's in the Bible, right, or even in people's lives, it was a time where they were seeking the presence of God, but then they went out and did something. You know, God would speak to the prophets and the prophet would declare a word, and the people would have to go out to war and would have to go and fight, right? There's something that we have to do. Um, I found interesting interesting um that he states that he was uh, 29 years old yeah. where he reached a point where he had no hope and he tried to die in a hotel room and what's interesting was that he tried to die right committing you know suicide taking his own life but he had a bible in his lap mm-hmm. and he was writing like his suicide notes and he prayed that he would never wake up and
0: this is the man that wrote the article not the pastor right. that passed away yeah. yeah
1: this is the man that wrote the article and um you know he talks about just this idea of being so, I guess, conflicted, you know, where you have the Bible in your lap, where you know what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, you know that Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, you know, that you know that Jesus is the giver of life, and all of these things, and you know these things, yet you find yourself at a point where there is still no hope. Yes. Right, and I think this, uh, You know, emotion of being conflicted in this point, you know, happens with a lot of us Mm -hmm. where, you know, whether we're struggling with depression, anxiety or fear or doubt and all these things, we know the truth. Yeah. We know what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. We know what the right answer is. We know that prayer is the key. We know that mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But at those moments where you know, we are facing you know, uh, these feelings or these emotions, it's so hard sometimes mm-hmm. to remember. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to proclaim. And it's so hard to make that a reality.
0: And I think that a lot of times, like you said, we already know those things. So when we reach out to someone or if someone reaches out to us, what we're looking for is a moment of human connection where I don't need you to come at me from the jump, maybe later on in the conversation. Yes. Uh, but I don't need you to come to me from the jump with, you know, uh, throwing Bible verses at me and stuff like that. I need a moment where I feel like I am not crazy, where me feeling anxiety or me feeling depressed or whatever is not like a. Uh, uh, it's you're crazy. It's not that you're crazy. It's yes, I understand why you feel a hey, I understand why you feel this as well. And having that moment of human connection, I think is so important. You know, I've had conversations with a lot of uh people that are that have or are currently dealing with depression and anxiety and all this other stuff. And, you know, especially my really close friends that I speak with, you know, the first thing is I already know a, you know, I already know God is the answer. I already know that the Lord is the solution. I already know that God is in control. But at this moment, what I need is to be able to vent. At this moment, what I need is a soundboard. I just need to be able to get this all off my chest and for you to, you know, help me through the thought process of it. And that in that in all of itself is 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 like a therapy session. Sometimes we have to be therapists and counselors when that's not what we're qualified to be. Um, But that's why it's important that you be that therapist at that moment, and while the person is speaking, you're giving them 100% attention. But in the back of your mind, you're like, "Lord, give me the words. Lord, help yeah. me. Lord, you know, guide me and how to, you know, work with, you know, in reference to this conversation and stuff." But like I said, it's also important that you help that person seek out the correct help that they need. Uh, one of the things in the article that he brings up is the idea that not all pastors. Have the ability to counsel someone with one of these uh, mental health situations, you know, because a pastor may go to, you know, pastor seminar and do all the other stuff and get their degrees in theology. And that's awesome. Uh, But he gives the analogy of, you know, would you want your pastor to do open heart surgery on you? right no because that's not a qualification that he may have now there are pastors out there that do have the qualifications and i think that's awesome and i do even venture on to say that i think that it it is something that all pastors and leaders should aspire to have at least some form of therapy course or counseling course or something like that maybe you don't have to get a whole master's or a bachelor's on it but definitely take some courses to educate yourself on how to deal with those situations uh because the reality of the situation that some of them don't have those skills and if they don't have the skills um which is okay as well because you know you can't have all the tools in the toolbox um you know sometimes that's where it's you know god does show up and gives those pastors and the leaders the words necessary and how to deal with that and you know god can use anybody to be your therapist and your counselor in that moment to heal you or to help you through those emotions but it's you know we said it before and there's nothing wrong with going out and seeking help from a professional.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes people um are looking for a practical answer as well. Where it's sometimes that may be let's go for a walk. Sometimes that's let's go for a drive. Yes. Sometimes that's okay, if we're in our home, you know, or and I'm your friend and you're inviting me over and you're talking to me about this and that and the other thing, maybe let's let's leave. Yeah. Let's come out of this environment yes. or this atmosphere and let's physically do something or mm-hmm. go somewhere. And you know, I always I saw I saw a sweatshirt um, that somebody was putting up, and they said uh, it says Jesus and therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, and whether it's sitting with the therapist, right, yeah. or doing things that are therapeutic for yep. you, I believe when Jesus. And God is in the mix of mm-hmm. whatever you do in those moments. You know, there there's breakthrough there. Yes. You know, and whether that is walking or going for a run or some type of physical activity, when you incorporate that in your life, but with a life of prayer and you know uh, reading of the word and all of those things, there there is breakthrough there. Yes. Right. Um. But I believe that you know we have to we cannot forget the practical side of things. Yeah. You know, and we can't forget. Um. You know, we are human. Mm -hmm. So there are things that we physically need to do. And sometimes, um, you know, in those moments when we feel like it's so hard to pray, it really may be hard to pray. Mm -hmm. You know, when we feel like we don't have the words, you really may not have the words. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with your level of spirituality or where you find yourself. It's just that moment. But I believe that, you know, if you remove yourself from that situation and whether you go out or do something, you know, it opens up a door for God to minister to you in a different way. You may encounter someone, you may see something, you may hear something, you know, uh, you may be driving by and and see a billboard that speaks to you or something. You know, God will use something in those moments. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that he says in this article that I find interesting is he says that I've decided churches need to look more like psych wards. What do you think he means by that? I mean, he says what he means. What do you think? You know, the church needing to look more like psych wards. I
0: think off face value, it sounds a little crazy, but I get what he's saying in reference to at the psych wards or at the hospitals, there are resources. So there are therapy sessions happening. There's all this other stuff that's going on. So the idea of, you know what? It's a, it's a a church is a a place with a whole bunch of messed up people so let's everybody that visits the hospital or visits for example is at a cycle knows there's something going on with you so the idea of going to church and understanding everyone in here is messed up one way or another and that's okay that whole idea of you know trying to come to church with a persona of perfection or that there is nothing wrong with me and I got it all good, you know. I'm in victory, glory to God. And it's like yeah, but no. <laughs> so I think, you know, that's important Yeah. for us to understand as well.
1: I heard someone say that in moments where they struggle with these things and they struggle with sadness, they and someone asks, you know, cuz this is the question everyone asks, are you okay? Mm-hmm. That's usually like the sentence, the the, the question. They say, I'm not, mm-hmm. but I will be. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like I'm not okay right now. I will be okay. But at the moment, it's not good. It's not but okay. I,
0: you know, and I also think that sometimes we need to rephrase the question. If you see that someone is not okay, don't ask them if they're okay. Be like, Oh, I've noticed you've been a little off lately, you know. What's up with that? Or something like that, because if somebody I'm I'm a closed book. So if somebody that especially if it's someone that I don't have that confianza to speak with them asks me are you okay oh yeah i'm doing good you know how are you i'm quick to flip it like oh no how are you how's everything oh how's your mom how's it and then i just completely changed the conversation to be about the other person because a i don't want to talk to you about it and b i don't want the attention but sometimes you have to put people with wisdom on the spot to where they can't wiggle their way out of it and create an opportunity for them to be like you know what it is true I'm not okay, and it's because of A, B, and yeah. C.
1: And for the most part, when you ask that question, it's a yes or no question. Yeah. And since it's uncomfortable, I'm going to say, yes, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But if you say, you know, I've noticed you've been yeah. like acting like this is, you know, what is going on? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Or what are you feeling? I'm forced to have to say something that's not yes or no. Yep. You know, so it just demands a little bit more of a response.
0: Um, And, and I I do also, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I also want to say where you, for example, if you ask them that question after, at the end of a service, you know, it may not be the right time and place to have the conversation. So if someone tells you, yeah, you know, I am going through some stuff, but you know, I don't want to talk about it right now. You follow up either when you get home or that next morning. Hey, are you free today? Let's go catch a coffee. Hey, are you free later? Let's go out to eat. I, you know, I'll treat you or whatever it is. You need to follow up because there's a lot of times where people do open up a little bit and try to, and you know, give you the opportunity to really like dig deep to see if you really care. And we let them down time and time again.
1: Yes. And um, he goes on to say about group therapy, how you sit in a circle and everyone's looking at you and and supporting each other. But at church, it's he says the congregation parentheses or audience. Right. Face is just one person and claims that that's a performance, not a community. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I guess this is where I felt a little bit Mm -hmm. um, of, as I was telling you earlier, where you know um this idea of the church needing having such responsibility for certain things um that happen to us or certain things that we go through mm-hmm. right um here he's clearly saying that his life was transformed by a community right mm-hmm. of people um that was not more audience based or performance mm-hmm. based right mm-hmm. where i believe as a church structure or a healthy church structure should include the idea of small groups or the idea Mm -hmm. of you know uh, groups where people can come together and share and have these moments where you can't really have that you know connection or that transparent moment sometimes in a huge congregation Mm -hmm. right where one person is speaking um do I think that that is the problem, that our churches are more audience and it's more performance and we're just listening to one person? I don't think so. I don't think that that's a problem. Um, Do I think that maybe there's a lack of transparency or community in churches where there may not be opportunities for these things to be discussed because Mm -hmm. there are no groups or there are no conferences or panels or situations like this? Yes, and I think that's where we lack where we don't have, um, we can say the, I guess we don't create the space for these type of conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I believe that there are great, you know, messages that pastors can give where they can touch on these issues and bring it up, Mm -hmm. but to um, just narrow it down to say that uh, you know, it's not mentioned or, you know, it's more of a performance audience. We're just here watching one person. It should be more, you know, intimate and more um, community-like. That, I believe, is a part and facet of a healthy church. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the, uh, you know, the driving force of, you know, conversations like these, yeah. where sometimes it's hard to have in a room packed with, thousands of
0: people yeah i think it's definitely a combination of both i think that these are you know there's a lot of subjects in our churches that aren't spoken about and are considered quote unquote taboo for whatever reason um but i think that these subjects need to be addressed both from the platform on a preacher style um 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 way uh, but also in, you know, small groups or, you know, in youth groups or, you know, um, instead of doing, you know, um, uh, you know, you take three weeks to do some type of course or something and, you know, you allow people to have the opportunity not only to receive, but also to share their experiences and what they've gone through. You know, I think it's very important as well. Um, and it's it's a balance of the two. But I th- to me, the takeaway is that, you know, in 2019, there are still churches that are not speaking about these important subjects. There are still churches that do not speak about depression. And if they speak about it, they speak about it. Oh, it's a demon. You got to cast it out. And that's it, that's the only thing that is mentioned about it. It's never about these are tools, these are resources, these are things that you can do. It's never about I understand you. It is a real feeling to feel depressed. It is a real thing to feel anxiety. It is you know, a real thing to feel these type of pressures. A lot of churches are not doing that. And that's what the problem is. And I think that we have to continue to work our way to improving how we are as a church and as a community. It's both. It's not only one, it's not only the other. We can't just be, you know, small groups all day, every day, everybody doing icebreakers. No, you know, there definitely has to be, you know, sermons and give the opportunity to our pastors and to leaders to be the tools that they are to bring the word of God to us. Uh, But there is that also practical side that has to, has to be done. How you implement it in your church, Depends on you and depends on the direction in which God wants your church to develop that um, that branch. But the point is you have to develop it.
1: And I guess my question is then what would that look like? What are some practical things that our churches could do um You know, to bring this type of awareness, I think uh, to a point that you were saying, you had mentioned uh, the youth. Right. Um, In this article, he also explains that suicide is a second leading cause of death for Americans ages 10 to 34. And that Mm -hmm. includes um, youth, you know, in that conversation and in that in those numbers. Um, So if you're thinking about it, a 10 year old. Yeah. You know, a 15 year old. They're already battling these things. And um, I think many times, you know, that's like the starting point, Mm -hmm. you know, where um, within our children, within our youth, you know, having these conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing these things up and um, not just assuming they're going to grow out of it Mm -hmm. or not just assuming they're acting that way because they had a breakup or because you know they're going through uh you know a little crisis that may not seem as big or important to you right um but i truly believe that it 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 starts with you know that's a starting place that we can that where we can begin to have these conversations where you know we have young people growing up okay to talk about it Mm -hmm. and okay to have open dialogue and okay Um, that, you know, recognizing this is something I'm struggling with, something I'm going through, but I understand there's a solution and I understand that it's okay to talk about it and it's good Mm -hmm. for me to talk about it and it's good for me to seek help. I shouldn't hold it in, um, you know, a 10 year old and not a nine, a 10 year old that is trained in that way with that mentality when they grow to be 15, they're able, you know, to have that freedom to talk to somebody. For the most part, of course.
0: Yeah, you know, and and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, where we need to use... What's happening in social media um, or in the news or whatever as tools to address our youth with. So, for example, you know, this article came out not so long ago um, and, you know, there's a lot of people that saw about the pastor on social media who took his life and all the other pastors um, and leaders that have done the same thing. Um, But, you know, instead of just, you know, reading it and reserving that for yourself, bring it. To your next, you know, youth group meeting, bring it, you know, if you're teaching Sunday school and, you know, maybe the class has nothing to do with that, either finagle it so that the class does have something to do with it or take a moment, you know, 10 minutes before or 10 minutes after class is over to speak about these subjects and to have and start these conversations, because it's very, very important to do so. You know, there are times where, you know, you can't just go into a room of people, young people, old. it doesn't matter, and just be like, oh, how many of you, you know, feel like taking your life away? Like, there's people there, I'm, you know, the majority, if not all of them, are not going to want to answer that question, but when you present to them something that is happening now, or, or happened, and, you know, you're speaking to them about the signs, or you're speaking... Speaking to them about the things that, you know, are are showing as signs of depression or anxiety or whatever. You're also speaking about the tools and what you can do to help people through that or just even um, making it known this is a safe space. Something as simple as being like, you know what, no matter what your struggle is, no matter what you're going with, I just want you to know that you can always come to any one of us and just speak with us. You know, judgment free zone. It doesn't matter what it is that you may feel or what you may be going through or whatever i'm not going to judge you i'm going to listen to you i will pray with you i will give you advice if you want my advice and you know but it's a safe space that's the first thing that i think teach churches need to do as well because you know growing, growing up in church and you hear about you know things that people struggle with and it's something that is used And quite frankly, is mocked from the front, you know, someone that is dealing with some type of addiction or some type of struggle, whether it's with their identity or whatever it is, you know, it's usually like presented in a way from the front that is not welcoming. So no one who may be going through that in your congregation is going to feel safe enough to go to you and speak to you about it because of the way you speak about it from the front. So if you're not making it a safe space, no one is going to open up to you about it, which then in turn winds up being that you have people in your church that are dying silently when you can be helping them.
1: Yeah. One of the things that he mentions in the article, um, which I've heard before is uh, the idea that our generation is known as the anxious generation. Mm. Like we're given that title. Um, And I don't, I'm not okay with that. Right. And it's a title that's given because anxiety and depression among young Americans are trending higher and higher and they're on a rise that we're labeled this anxious generation. And with that label comes so many other issues and problems and things that stem from that. And I just think it's you know, it's truly important that if we're struggling like where to start, Mm -hmm. let's start. You know, with this young generation, Mm -hmm. you know, let's start with these people that these young people that are rising up, that are coming into themselves and who they are, that may have gone through different traumas or different situations in their life where they need. They need this helping hand. They need this ear. They need this safe space, like you were saying, in order to, uh, you know, begin this process of healing in their life. And I don't think this label of an anxious generation, right, or this, uh, you know, stigma that, oh, you know, they'll outgrow it or they're just growing, right, Um, for the most part. These are things you just don't outgrow, but instead they become a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So then you grow to be 18, 19, 20 years old, about to get married, carrying this baggage of anxiety because it's something you went through when you were so young mm-hmm. and it's just been a part of you because yeah. you haven't dealt with it.
0: Yeah, and I also think it's important to not um, over, over, uh, uh, I forget what the word is, like kind of like uh, disregard the idea of, you know, we have people like, for example, with the Christine Declario and, you know, she did her series earlier in the year, you know, about postpartum depression, which she got, you know, after giving birth and stuff like that. There are situations in the lives of adult people that cause them to get depressed and have anxiety and to think of. So maybe they went their whole life. Not, this was not one of the things they struggled with. It was nothing that they even Cared up, not that they didn't care about it, but it was nothing that they, you know, affected them any great way. But then it can just take one thing to just completely shift that in you. And now all of a sudden you went 40 years of your life. We're not dealing with depression and anxiety or anything like that. So all of a sudden, this is the thing that you struggle with. So it's something that goes for everyone. And Yes, you know, we see it a lot more maybe now with the younger people um, in our youth, but it can be anybody. That is dealing with these things. It could be your 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 friend for for twenty years who you n- had no idea this was something that they struggled with because they didn't, and then all of a sudden now they're dealing with these emotions um, and these feelings, and it's difficult, and it's you know, and I've spoken about this before because it's something that you most of the time you can't physically see it's a struggle that they have mentally it's a struggle that they have internally and you you know you you have to try your best to help them through that and it's important that along with the resources that we do find the time to help them spiritually as well you know, I say it all the time, prayer is good. And just saying that is not enough. But prayer is also important. Yeah. And you know, and when I say that, is not to discredit prayer, but it's to discredit using prayer as a crutch. A lot of times as churches, we use that as a crutch. Oh, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to pray for you. And first of all, you don't even pray for them. But second of all, that's all you do. Um, so let's help them, but let's also pray with them. You know, I've had conversations where I've had hours sat in cars with people and just let them speak, 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 speak. And then I speak to them back and all the other stuff. And then at the end of it, I'm like, you know, but let's do a prayer. It's okay. It's okay to do that and it's okay to follow up the next day. And it's okay to do all those other things because that's part of the journey. That's part of the church community. So if you're not seeing that in your church, Try to implement it in your church. Be the change. You know, A lot of times we're waiting around for Fulano de Tal to get up and do it. But maybe, you know what, if you're listening to this, it's because God wants you to know the time is now. Be the change that you want to see in your church. And if you're that person that is struggling with this and you're
1: struggling with these feelings and emotions, you know, uh, I know sometimes we could be experts at hiding things and yeah. experts at acting and performance and making it seem like everything's okay um be able to go to someone and and find at least one person that even if you've tried get their attention you Mm -hmm. know and whether that is that you know you bring it up to their attention the fact that listen I've You know been acting strange and like you haven't noticed Mm -hmm. you know i've been acting this way you 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 didn't you haven't seen Mm -hmm. you know you haven't you know noticed anything different you know bring it up to their attention um you know and it's like that statement we've said it before, you know. Check on your strong friends. I think yeah. there are times where people look at you and they just think, you know, you got it together, you're okay. Mm-hmm. And even if you're gonna, if you're going through something, I'm sure you'll come out of it fine because you got a good head on your shoulders. Yeah. And and they don't know what's actually happening. You know, bring it up to those people and let them know. Like I'm really not okay, and be okay with saying that. Yeah. And be okay with letting people know um, what's really going on. Um. You know, even if you've told three people before and it didn't work out or they didn't do anything, you know, keep trying until, you know, you sense that breakthrough or you, or you pick up on someone that takes out the time. Mm-hmm. You know, because oftentimes we develop this idea that, you know, I tried talking to someone, it didn't work out. I tried, it could even be like, I tried therapy, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I tried this, it didn't work out. Try again. Yeah. You know, and it's, again, easier said than done, but when you are in a moment of desperation where you aren't in a place in your life where you've tried different things and it's not working and things are getting worse, you keep trying yes. until you find something that works, until you find someone that listens, until you find, you know, uh, the right therapist, until you find the right counselor, the right church, until you find the right group of people that will actually help you. Yeah. But don't give up in the process because the one or two steps you've taken haven't worked out. Mm-hmm. And we're guilty of that on all levels of mm-hmm. things, whether it's depression, anxiety, whether it's starting a business, whether yeah. it's school, whether it's a church ministry, we're all you know guilty of this. You know, and this is why I, I like these conversations, because at the same time, for people who may not struggle with depression or anxiety this should sound familiar to you yeah. because this is applicable to so many different things in your life. Mm-hmm. This is applicable to the, you know, business you want to start or this idea you have that you've been sitting on forever or something mm-hmm. someone told you that you'll never be able to do. And that's why you haven't taken the necessary steps. We all have, you know, something yeah that we need to keep trying and, you know, get the help that we need and take that step.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, it's always good to educate yourself, you know, you may not be struggling with uh, depression or anything like that, um, and nobody in your immediate circle may be struggling with that either. You know, And that is okay, but it's good to have those tools um, on your tool belt so that in case you do encounter somebody down the, lo- down the road that is dealing with those things that you're able to help them to the best of your ability. So we want to thank you once again for tuning in to this new episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us on our social media platforms. Yes, you can
1: follow us on Facebook. Um, follow us on Instagram, God Life Culture Podcast. You can send us an email at godlifeculture at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified every time we release an episode. Share it. Spread the word. And um, again, you're not alone.
0: You're not alone and keep on trying. Yes. Knock on those doors, knock on all the doors and just push and push and push because your answer is on its way. So thank you once again for listening to the God Life Culture podcast. That's God God, Life Life, Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.